Hey guys, it's just a fight. Hey, what's going on, guys? Here at the Swamp, getting ready to beat LSU. Y'all tune in to Rule Number One podcast on Monday. And we're back. Another episode, another week. Rule One podcast, man. Oh, man. Gosh. Good old Rocky Rocky Top. Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. You keep on asking. Why me and my partner here are in this orange? We're rocking the volunteer logos this week. We got a cool guest star, man. Yeah, obviously, uh, Brian and I are diehard Gator fans, but uh, you know, during this season, I kind of been pulling for Tennessee. Obviously, they they beat us, but you know, it's good to see you know kind of a change in powers over the SEC. Yeah. But uh, without further ado, um, this week we have uh, Forrest. He is a uh, grad assistant um, at uh, University of Tennessee, obviously, and he's working mainly with uh, the linebackers. So welcome in, Forrest. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for having me. So you're in uh you're in the facility right now, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I thought it was like I said, you know, best backdrop for this was even for this deal here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We uh we had on uh Anna Bear. Um, she's a volleyball player at Ole Miss. Um, and so she kind of did that same ordeal. Yeah. Um, and so we can kind of maybe compare and contrast uh throughout the SEC, and it'd be cool to have on another. She didn't have the iconic checkered board though. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't really have any traditional, you know. Ole Miss stuff in the background. That's not like that. I love the checkerboard end zones oh, up, yeah. at, up at Tennessee. Bro, it's, uh, this place is steeped in history. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm sure. I can't, I mean, like, I couldn't imagine, you know, I know a lot about Florida football history. I would love to learn about the Vols history. Like my partner said here, we've been, I've been pulling for the Vols all season. Yeah. I, it sucks what happened. Um, to you know your guy Hendon Hooker, I pray for his quick recovery. I know he's going to be back for you guys and be better than ever. Um, but dude, you've had a great season. Tennessee's back on yeah, the map. It, it was it was unbelievable, and it's been a it's been a blessing to be a part of this journey, especially having gone here for my you know under undergrad, and I worked for the program as an undergraduate, and it was really you know it's been special to be a part of, to say the least. Yeah, for so. We want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, being a grad assistant. So you're working mainly with linebackers, right? Right, yeah. So, you know, with all that entails, and like, you know, it's kind of a hard deal to explain to like, what, like, you're in grad school and you're doing football. Like, yeah, it's, you know, essentially like you're in training. It's like an apprenticeship, you know, like you were an electrician, you know, you're doing, you're working with a guy, with a linesman, you're learning from him. Well, in this situation, I'm learning from, you know, power five football coaches, to say the least. Yeah, I, it's, awesome. an intern, it's an internship. You know, you're working, I yeah, assume you're working your way yeah. to a head coaching job one day. Yeah, I mean, hopefully 20 years, maybe less, that would be, that'll, that'll be the case. I, I hope, I hope it happens. You, oh yeah, that'd be amazing. You know, obviously it's a great goal to strive for. The big, football's a big part of your life. And we ask all of our guests this question when they come on our podcast, it's in the name. Forrest, what's your number one rule to live by? Man, I'll be honest with you, respect everybody. Like, a lot of people, especially nowadays, you know, that's just something that personally I feel is missing from society. Like, you know, just respect everyone and their opinions. And regardless of, you know, you can learn something from everybody. Like, you can learn somebody from a billionaire. You can learn something from the, the homeless dude on the street. Like, everybody has knowledge to share about how they got to where they're going and, like, how they got to where, be, where they got. So you can learn 
what not to do or what to do. So you can always learn from anybody. So just respect everyone, man. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's, I mean, honestly, kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast. You know, we tell people our mission statement is we want to bring out the extraordinary in everybody. Um, and whether that's, like you said, from the homeless guy on the side of the road or if it's a billionaire, um, we want to learn, you know, from the homeless guy, you know, what, what are your goals? What are your ambitions in life? And then from the billionaire, maybe, hey, how'd you get here? Um, so it's kind of cool yeah. to hear everybody's story, and that's kind of what we're trying to highlight here. Yeah, and I'm sure that you take those morals that you have onto the field with you when you're, you know, teaching, coaching, running guys through drills. I'm sure there's a mutual respect between you and your, your group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot, it's interesting, you know, I'm, I'm only 22 and a lot of the guys I work with or, or coaching, you know, those guys are same age, maybe a few years younger than me. So I try to have a, you know, not a, obviously I want the respect and I want them to listen to me, but, I also try to respect to them and listen to them and hear what they have to say too. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, MFing guys. Like, I, at the end of the day, like, it is just a game. And I, it's a game I love and I want to win more than anybody else. But, like, sometimes yelling and screaming and all that, like, won't get what you want to get done. Sometimes it's just, hey, why didn't you, why'd you do this? Like, you know better. I know you know better. You explain it to me. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll work through it. And, just move along, man. Yeah, I feel like, uh, especially with like coaches um, relating to players, there's so many different ways to relate to a player. Some of those guys, I know myself as a player, um, didn't do necessarily well with the coaches like crawling down your throat. But there's a lot of times there are guys where it's like scream at me, yell at me. That's how I get better. Yeah, there's some dudes. There's some dudes that respond to that, and there's other guys who don't respond to it at all. Right. It's just you got to kind of have that feeling as a coach that like. Hey, like this guy can do this too. This guy can't, you know. That's that's a good instinct. And you know, uh, we had a coach on an episode five. He is a small baseball coach at Valpo University who kind of mentioned the same thing. Mm-hmm. He uh, said that you know you got to have a mutual respect between you and your players, but you also got to be able to learn from them and grow with them. But you also got to be able to read them um, and know yeah, what's going to affect them. Uh, I think having that ability is going to propel you to whatever dreams and aspirations your coaching career can go for. And I'm excited to yeah, see. I mean, really excited. Yeah, I mean, ideally that would be the case. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're just, I mean, people, it's kind of a, you know, as a fan, I, I myself got, you know, caught up in this. But you got to remember, they're people too, man. Like, they're learning. They're, they want, they want to win just as much as you do. Like, it's just you got to have the understanding these are people too. And, you know, they're learning, they're trying to get better and so on and so forth. Yeah. Forrest, I mean, we've talked a little bit about like your current situation. How, how did you get here? Um, how did you get to this opportunity to be able to be a grad assistant at the university of Tennessee? Man, it's a long road. Like, you know, going back to high school with you, obviously I played, you know, coming out small offers, just thought, man, I'm done with football. I'm done with, you know, sports. I'm going to go live a regular life. Go be a college student, whatever. Got here about two months in. I was like, oh, shit, like, I need to get back to sports. Like, this is killing me. Yeah. Um, so I started – I actually, totally unrelated to football, I started working in uh, marketing downstairs here at the athletic department. Just – I figured I'll meet some people, hopefully find my way upstairs to football, whatever. Fortunate enough, met, met some people who steered me in the direction of working under the previous staff. Um and, that, and I worked in recruiting under that staff and then ended up when Coach Heupel and his staff, I was fortunate. Coach Heupel and his staff came. I was fortunate enough that they retained me here, even as an undergrad. 
they could throw me to, you know, kick rocks, whatever. They kept me around and gave me this great opportunity. I'm forever grateful to everyone that's part of the staff and the last staff, too. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Dude, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. So, you, I mean, you talked about, you said you were in the marketing uh, department before? Yeah, man. I was in, it's called fan experience. Like, it's just, you know, when you go to games, I'm trying, you know, this is four or five years ago now, you know, you go to games, you know, they do all the promotional stuff like Coca-Cola, like Johnsonville, whatever. Okay. Um, and they do all the, you know, lights and all that fun stuff. So, that was totally unrelated, but they do a they play a pivotal role in the game day experience for fans, and they do a great job. So now, yeah. now before were you um, were you a marketing major? Um, but like, no, what was your major? What what made you get into it? I came in undecided. It was just the first opportunity in sports that presented itself. I took it and ran with it. Yeah. Um, like I said, came in undecided. So I think. That's how a lot of people are when they go into college. Like, I had no clue what I wanted to do going in, man. Um, I thought I wanted to be a sports um, physical therapist, and then I realized that's a lot of anatomy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of science. Not not for me. (laughs) And I'm not good at anatomy. So I had to find a different direction. And then I found myself looking at ag classes because I'm living in Central Florida, and you know how it is around here. Oh, yeah, man. I know. I know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll throw myself into that, and I know there'll be a job waiting for me. Did a semester. Hated it. Hated it. It was terrible. Yeah, orders get pretty boring after a while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I found the coolest guy on my campus, my communications uh, head guy. Bro, changed my life. There Changed my life. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody. I I personally didn't. I'm I'm graduated with a yeah. degree, but I feel like everybody in college at least changes their major once or twice. Oh, I did Bro, three. It's, it's like you know, you're 18, you come into college, and people are telling you, "Hey, you need to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life." For right now, I'm like, "Bro, I'm 18. I don't know what I'm going to do." Yeah, for real. I mean, but, you just graduate high school and you get thrown out into the real world first yeah. semester out on your own, and you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of life. It's crazy. So, Forrest, you've gone to Tennessee since you were a freshman. So, you left Polk yeah. County and headed straight for Knoxville, and you haven't been back. No, I mean, actually, I wouldn't say that. I, I come back. I see people. I just, you know. But, yes, I mean, as far as, like, my family ended up moving up here. It's been awesome. I, it was kind of wild, man. Like, coming out of high school, I toured a few schools. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to a big SEC school, but not Florida. Like, not Georgia. Like, not, like I just want to try something different. Yeah. Something, you know, no one I know has ever done. So Tennessee worked and here I am, man. man. I see all kinds of wild, like, you know, videos of how beautiful it is in Knoxville, the stadium and, you know, the downtown area. Like, I really, I really would love to make it up there to Neyland and watch a game, dude. I would have paid good money to be in that stadium for the Alabama game this year. Oh, man. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, Forrest. Yeah, man, that was one of the wildest experiences I have ever been a part of. And that's saying a lot because in two years I've seen some crazy stuff. I mean, our old Mish game last year with, you know, everybody throwing stuff on the field at the end of the game. And um, then, gosh, like what about uh, the, our Florida game, like our Florida game this year, like sold out, checkered kneeling. Like, I mean, you like truly when I say this, like, and I'm not saying this as like, because I work here or whatever, I truly believe, like, this is the best fan base in the country as far – like, when this thing gets rolling, man, it's undefeated. Like, it's incredible. And then, like, you know, 
carrying on to the Alabama game, man, like that was, I think I've told some people, like you talk about a roller coaster, man, like that game had everything, ups and downs, like you're playing the, like you're playing one of the best teams in the past decade. Like they're, they're a fantastic team. They're, I mean, they're still in it right now. Like, and then when that ball went through the upright, dude, like my life, I blacked out for the life. I'm it sure was everybody did. That stadium went crazy. Oh, it went nuts. Dude, that's like, you just saw a sea of people hit the like, oh my God, field. I literally, I, I saw that ball go through the upright. I turned around to go give my headset to the guy that, you know, handles all of our headsets and everything. And like, there's like a hundred people running me. I'm like, what is going on? Like, this is not real life. How hard was it to get back to the locker room after that? Man, for me, it wasn't that hard because everybody was in the, um, I think I want to say the south end zone. I want to say, I don't remember. I, man. The other end zone from where I was, which was down by our locker room, because they were tearing down the goalpost, right? And So it wasn't that hard for me at first, but I know some of the guys, I mean, it took, gosh, dude, Time was flying, and hours felt like minutes. Like, it was crazy. So, I mean, I think it took a few guys like an hour, maybe hour and a half. You know, you stick out, stick out there, enjoy the scenes, whatever. How did they get the goalpost out of there? Yeah. Bro, I don't know. I Like, I still don't know. I guess they went through the, the away tunnel because the away tunnel leads out to, like, this main pedestrian walkway deal, and it will take you right up to the road. And then the other one, I have no idea. Like, that was one of the more impressive things I've ever seen from. They were going to throw it off the back of the stadium. That they No, so they ended up taking it to the river. They took one goalpost to the river, and they took one down the strip. I don't know what ended up happening with that one. The strip <laughs> for us is like where all the college bars, the whole college season right. was like. It was, uh, dude, it was wild. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's true or not. But the next morning, I woke up and I was on Twitter, and Barstool Sports tweeted a picture that went viral from one of the frat houses. Apparently, a frat house had cut a piece of it, like off. Oh, and they, they were it. out in the front yard with the with the sawzall, like cutting it up for people. Yeah, like, no, that was real, totally real. <laughs> That's crazy. So wait, so you were out there like helping cut it all down up? No, 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 no man. I had as soon as. Bro, as soon as that ball went to the uprights, I went, found my people that were there at the game, no. hugged my buddies, and all that, and then I got off that field and found my cigar, bro. Because like, that was, <laughs> like, I that love was it. Five years. That that's been I shouldn't say five years. Five years in the making for me, but man, like fifteen years of just heartbreak. Sometimes heartbreak for this fan base. Like people don't understand. Like this rivalry, like Tennessee Alabama, like. Yeah, like, it's awesome we beat them. But, like, back in, like, the 90s and, you know, all that, like, this rivalry has been like, one of streaks. Like, they go on a, on a streak of 15. We go on a streak of seven. Like, this is, like, this rivalry is full of hatred. Like, if you listen, if you all listen to Riley Green, like, you listen to, uh, what's that song? Um, Alabama. That he sings about the, Al- yeah, I hate Crimson Red. Yeah. Hell, yeah, hell of a way to go. Like, that's just, that's this rivalry, man. Like, it, these two fan bases hate each other. I love I love how you mentioned that because it really, like the SEC lo- like slogan it just means more. It really does to people around these parts, bro. Oh, like yeah. you know, I've come to notice I have a lot of friends that live, you know, in the northern parts of the country and they love NFL football. But down here it means more. Like you mentioned earlier, you had the fan base 
decked out in the checkered mm-hmm. around the stadium when they played Florida. That's asking 90, well, actually, it's Neyland Stadium, so 100,000-plus people to color coordinate. And they're so dedicated yeah. that they do really? it. They do it. Yeah. So, question. Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, you're good, man. You're good. You're so, good. how does how does that work? Do they tell like put it on the ticket, like what color to wear? No, or? so they have. That's what I was about to say. They have this website that you know throughout the whole week, like we're pushing, like checkerneal.com, and like you go in, type your section, type your seat, and it tells you orange or white. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like with Florida, I know they'll post stuff, and it's like, oh, we're having a blue out. Everybody wear blue, or everybody wear orange. Obviously, that's very different, but I can kind of relate. Yeah, to that. but like when we go to a Florida, I went to the game where they wore white at home, and it was supposed to be a white out. Mm. It's like they never do it like Tennessee does. Yeah, they no, never obviously. do it like Penn State when it's a white out. It's a white out like everything. Well, I mean, There's not. Another great, that's another great fan base too, man. Like. I work with some guys who work there, and they speak very highly of them. And or well, when I say that, like obviously they love working here too. But like they talk about like the environments there, they're crazy. And I couldn't, I just, I, I can't imagine being lucky enough to be in your shoes to go to an, a different SEC stadium almost every weekend. And oh my gosh, man, it's a blessing, bro. Like I always, you know, my freshman year, I was like, you know, it'd be cool to go to every SEC stadium, and here I am getting to do it. I mean. And no, like, thanks to this job, like the the experiences this job has afforded me are second to none. So, so with uh, being able to go to all those stadiums, um, which which have been your favorite, obviously besides Tennessee. Man, that's always the dreaded question because it is so hard. I will say, I'll give you a top three because I really can't give you one. I like that. Okay, like yeah, that. go yeah, ahead. I like that. It changes based off the week, really, but you know, I. This was my first year going to South Carolina, and obviously that's a touchy subject, like whatever. But <laughs> awesome, awesome stadium. I wouldn't put them at one, maybe three, two. Ah, gosh. Uh, I guess it would have to be Alabama's. It's nice. And then one first is a tie between Georgia and Florida. Like those two stadiums, like as far as hostile atmosphere, man, like those two were up there. Man, that's I've I would always I've always been curious to experience a game on the grounds of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Oh, I bet it's nuts. I couldn't imagine doing it in like a, an opposing uniform. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be shaking. My legs would be shaking. Like I'd be Oh, brother. The fans they get after you. I mean, not that it, I mean, honestly, like it's just you yeah, separate. Like it doesn't it doesn't affect the game going on, but like, you know, like it's still cool. Like people hate you. It's, it's yeah. honestly like I love home. Like, I love home games, but like away games are so, they're a different kind of animal, and they're so much fun, bro. Yeah. Um. Actually, Forrest knows Brock. Um, we had Brock Hutchinson on, and he was a uh, University of Florida cheerleader. And uh, Brock actually sent us a video of him shouting out um the podcast from the swamp when we were getting ready to. Uh, play LSU that's one of the little snippets on our intro but that was super cool to be able to see his perspective on the field while people yeah. are coming into the stadium and getting warmed up I'll, I'll tell you what the last year when we went down there I knew Brock was doing that I hollered at him down there and then when they came up here I saw him when he was up here which is really cool just seeing other you know for us Mo you know LCS alumni doing cool things and just in general like guys from Lakeland and all that doing really cool things it's awesome to see yeah, he said, uh, Brock even said when he went to Tennessee, um, that was one of his favorite trips. trips he yeah. absolutely loved Knoxville. He's, he yeah, mentioned, awesome. mentioned a couple of places he vent- visited, but 
<laughs> I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but I remember how he said the one across the street from this one. Yeah, yeah. It, he would be easier. Yeah. Forrest, I mean, you don't have to answer this question if, you know, you're worried about your job or anything. You can kind of just say pass. <laughs> What's the best, like, you know, college town bar or strip? Where would where do, where does everybody go on the strip? Man, no, I'll definitely answer that. I mean, just go in here. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it's a matter of preference, man. Like, people go, there. we have two places. You have the old city, which is like, you got more of your, probably the young adults go, so like, you know, like you got your country style bar, you got your club style deal there. You got uh, kind of a mix of both, like not country and club, but like just kind of a middle ground, I guess. And then you go and then the strip, like um, more, it's more the college age folks. Um, I always went to, I always went to leaderboard, man. Like that was my spot yeah. when I was a leader age, of course, to go to. Of course. <laughs> I, I have a question about, uh, you know, the things surrounding the stadium. I've gone to three SEC stadiums now. Um, I went to Tuscaloosa, like you said. It's beautiful. It's an NFL stadium. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It, it is. That's, that's why I describe it. It's literally an NFL stadium. Yeah. And, but everything around it is what makes the experience. They have, like, the Alabama Football Hall of Fame. You go in there, they have all their freaking mock trophies on display. It's cool, all the mock rings or whatever. But they have all these, you know, things that fans can go see and look at outside of the stadium before the game. Uh, does Tennessee have any, like, cool little, you know, you should check this place out when you're coming to Neyland to watch it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Our, our campus is full of, you know, just little tidbits of information, history, whatever. I think, you know, just the university as a whole does a really good job, you know, paying homage to the people that came before, the people who work here now, whether that be in academics or, you know, athletics, whatever it may be. But just being on the football side of it, like you have Peyton Manning Pass and you look up and you're on the, down by the stadium looking up Peyton Manning Pass, like you have a checkerboard on it and then right under that, the power T. The power T is synonymous with greatness in college football. But then, you know, right behind, if you literally turn around from, how you would be looking at Peyton Manning Pass, you have a statue of, you know, Coach Nealon, General Nealon, like the most winningest coach in our history. Like that dude, I could go on a whole diatribe about that guy. Like <laughs> he, that dude, like crazy what he did. He coached football, went to World War II, was a general in World War II, came back, won some more national championships. <laughs> like just a real live dude, bro. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and keep going. Somewhere. And then you go to in front of Gate 21A, and we have all of our African American trailblazers like T. Martin, Condrich Hallway, like those guys that came before before you know the guys that are here now, and really laid the path for you know civil rights and all those great things. And like it's awesome, it's really really cool. We walk by those statues every time we do the ball walk, just as a reminder of who came before you and you know what's at stake. You know what I mean? That's no, that's a hundred percent like. I that's awesome. It blows my mind because I I can't wait to go to Neyland. I'm sold. Oh yeah, I'm, that's <laughs> sold. definitely on the bucket list. <laughs> yeah. I'm sold. And I feel I I feel like the whole SEC environment. I mean, I know college football as a whole is very traditional, but I feel like it's very pre- uh, predominant in the SEC. Yeah. Everybody has their own traditions. Like they all have, oh my gosh. Yeah. you know, their um 
kind of like you were saying, respecting their the pe- the elders or the people that have come in the past. Like, you know, I know Florida yeah. has, you know, they've got the Tim Tebow, Danny Warfel, and Steve Spurrier, you know, uh, statues. I really love that, how they really want to highlight the people who've the paved history. the way. And yeah. so, especially we're with Florida, definitely too. Definitely going to have to check out Peyton Manning Path. That sounds... Pey- Peyton Manning Pass, right? Or is it path? path? Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, right, we definitely... That's, yeah. that's too cool of a name not to try. Oh, yeah. You got to look at it. Got to go check it out. Um, so, Forrest, what are what are some of the perks with being a grad assistant at uh, University of Tennessee? Man, like, number one, you know, obviously there's the gear and all that stuff. Like, that stuff's whatever. Like, I could live without it. Like, honestly, you know, getting to my first job at this university of all places, like, is a dream come true. It's like, you know, you couldn't ask for a better place to have your first job at because, I mean, I mean, in reality, like, like we've talked about, like, this place is, you know, when people see the power of T, like, no one's like, oh, that's Texas. No, nah, like, everyone knows that's Tennessee. Yeah, Longhorns, And you can say the same thing about the Longhorns, too. You see the Longhorns, you're not going, oh, that's Tennessee. No, like, our orange, the power T, I mean, everything about it. Like, starting out here, best thing that could have happened to me, the guys I get to work with, from Coach Heupel on down to the equipment managers, bro, like, everyone here, top-notch people, like, everyone here is like not to be cheesy but like elite bro like this mm. place is oh you're getting there the program's getting there man you are like, this place like when this place is rolling this is like the best atmosphere in college football and it truly like everything that's great about college football is here you know what i mean and you can say that about other places too but in my experience like this is as good as it gets well, I feel like also with Tennessee being good, you know, myself and Brian and I being Florida fans, with Tennessee being good, it only adds that much more of, of an interest to watch the SEC. Yeah, because more you fun. Put, you, no, put in another, sure. you put in another uh, SEC school in the top ten, it's like you you never yeah. have a bad game to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, you never do. And, like, it adds more to those rivalries, man. Like, we – I mean, all of us, you know, sitting here talking are too young to really remember, but – Back in the day, like early 2000s, late 90s, like Tennessee, Florida, bro, that decided who was going to the SEC championship and who was probably going to the national That's championship. Yeah, like, that game, like that game meant a lot. And the same thing goes for Tennessee, Alabama. The same thing goes for Florida, Georgia. Like when these teams are good, college football is just better. Same goes for Miami, Nebraska, Texas, like all these blue blood programs. When they're good, college football is better. And, like, I love the group of five schools. They're awesome. Like, having one or two of them be good every year, like, it's, it's great. But when you have these historic programs that are great, there's nobody – if you really like college football, like, you cannot argue that that doesn't make college football better. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I agree 100% too. It That's whenever it gets to the college football playoffs where it gets thrown up and you're like, well, what do we do? Because you've got these SEC Speaking schools which, that are beating up on each other and it's like, okay, you got a three-loss team, but it's – They've lost three times to top five schools. <laughs> uh, he, Forrest, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw an ESPN notification, I think about two days ago now, that the college football playoff could be expanding to 12 teams way sooner yeah. than what we think. I thought it was 2024. Yeah, no, I've, heard, I've heard that, and, you know, obviously, you know, I only know as much as you guys know with that stuff, but. You know, for me, with that, and that's obviously a contentious topic amongst, you know, college football fans, but 
honestly, to me, bro, I feel like it should be six at the most. Like, because to me, bro, if you lose twice, and you know, I'm speaking just as a fan here. Like, if you lose twice, like you you shouldn't have a shot to play for the national championship. You're clearly not the best team. Like, that's what makes the college football playoff so great is if you lose twice, bro, you're out of it. Like, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Try. One loss, like, hey, everyone slips up once. But twice, man, no, you're, you're, you shouldn't be playing for the national championship. Especially whenever – now, I think it would be interesting is because you always have that one undefeated team that doesn't get – Invited the college football. Not always, but there have been a couple situations where there's these small like D1s. The UCFs. Yeah, the and they're not. That, Cincinnati? Yeah. They got in last year. How about. UCF in 2017. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, are you really going to put a two loss team into the like playoffs and not an undefeated team? It's just very touchy subject. So I like, I completely agree with that force. If you got two losses, no shot. You're out, bud. Yeah, and I, that's like, and that's regardless of you know strength of schedule, or whatever. But I mean, that definitely plays into it with those group of five schools. Like, you know, who when they're looking at that, they're looking at well, who have you played? Like, right. You know, I mean, you can. But even to me, like, it's a, it's I don't know, it's it's a really touchy subject, and everybody ha- comes from different angles on it. So it seems like the whole you know realm of college football is changing now. You know, the SEC is oh, sure. adding two teams. The NIL deal is literally the wild, wild west of, you know, money and where it oh, goes. Oh, it's free agency it's, of the college sports it's now. It's crazy. And, you know, it's what's going to happen next is what I'm asking. We get to this 12-team playoff. Is it going to, you know, diminish the meaning of the college football playoff? Because, like, right now, if you yeah, make that's it. that's another thing, too. That's very real, too. If you make it and right now, four teams. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Like what you were saying, like about you know expanding conferences and all that. Like, man, a lot of these rivalries are you know again. I, we know we keep going back to speak in history. Like, man, when you know, I, again, way back when, and obviously there's we've come farther, you know, where we are now. But way back when, like when you were born in Tennessee, you grew up hating Alabama. You didn't know why, but it's because you were born in Tennessee. <laughs> Yep. And, I mean, truly, that's what a lot of these rivalries are born out of. Yeah. Because these two still hate each other, and this is how they settled it. They settled it on the football field. And then, like, but now you're adding, like, to the Big Ten, like, Michigan and Ohio playing UCLA. Like, there's no hatred there. Like, it's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, those two, two brands playing each other, but it takes away from the regionality of college football. And that's what uh, Texas and Oklahoma come into the SEC, and I think it's 2024, um, which that's, I mean, obviously that's a big rivalry between the two, the Red River rivalry. But, you know, same with Texas A&M and Missouri coming into the SEC. Like, it's just, it's strange because I feel like they're broadening the SEC so much. And, yeah, it's cool to have these, you know, different teams in it. But now it's like you have to make all new traditions, I feel like, and it's just out for the highest bidder at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. I, go ahead, go ahead, Force. Yeah, no, you're good, man. It's I just it's touchy, like it's just weird. I, and everybody's gonna have a different opinion too. I think I read the other day that Greg Sankey was, you know, mentioning that when Texas and Oklahoma join, that the there's gonna be no more divisions. It's just gonna be one, one league. Whoever has the best conference record at the end of the year, you're playing for the SEC championship. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I've been an SEC fan since I could walk. It's 
Always been the East versus West, man. I don't know if I want a one-division thing like that. Yeah, good thing we don't have to make that decision. We'll just kind of play it by ear. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> We're just the Joe Smoes that get to watch it on TV. Well, Force doesn't, but. Yeah, he gets to be on TV. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, those, those decisions still matter for us, too. But, I mean, hey, I, I'm cool with whatever. As long as, I get to, as long as we get to play football, man, I'm cool with it. I love it. Go. I love it. So, Forrest, what are kind of your future goals? Like, would, do you want to try to progress through um, Tennessee uh, in terms of your coaching career? Or would you, you know, would you consider coaching, get a head coaching job at a high school level, go to a smaller school? What, what, what's your goals? Not to be, you know, not to downplay it, but right now I'm taking it a day at a time. But, you know, I mean, this is just a job. This is one of those jobs where, like, you got to take a day at a time and enjoy it every single day. Cause, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Oh, yeah. And get the most out of it every single day. But to that point, you know, I'm fine. Like, originally, like, I was like, oh, I got to coach college football. Like, that's obviously the goal. Maybe coaching the NFL, whatever. I just want to coach football. Like, the main thing about, like, sports to me, and this is, you know, this sounds cheesy. It truly does. But, like, the money, uh, the glamour, whatever. Like, I, I don't care. Like, it does not matter to me. What does matter to me, and this is true for all sports, and what I think all coaches should strive to be or do, I want to have an impact on young men's lives mm-hmm. or in, you know, young athletes' lives. We'll put it like that. You know, because there's so many people. You know, whether it's your average guy working up there, freaking the business downtown, whatever. Or, you know, freaking Khalil Mack in the NFL. A lot of people would tell you the most influential person in their life, one of the most influential people in their life was a coach. Yeah. Whether that be high school, college, professional. Like, when you pouring into people and then seeing that person do well and take your teaching and, you know, do well in life, like, that's what matters the most. So, whether that be a coach at a high school level, coaching at the college level, whether that be head coach, position coach, as long as I'm getting to have an impact on young people's lives, I'm cool with it. That's awesome, man. And and that's how you know good coaches are still around because there's, you know, every single coach will say like, oh, yeah, I'm in it for the players and this and that. But, you know, it only takes one coach from a player's perspective to be like, are you really in it for the players? Or like, you know, everybody has that one bad coach that they remember, but they also have the one good one. And so obviously everybody's goal is to be the good one. You just have to kind of be able to differentiate from that. Yeah. Yeah. But to answer your question, in a long roundabout sort of way, head coach, any level, figure it out as I go. I like it. Wherever the good one leads me. You just, yeah, that's a great perspective to have, you know, I like it. <clears throat> you want to be around football? You want to coach football? Any job, anywhere, bring it on. That's oh, a that's the mindset of a good coach. And you've got a great stepping stone here too. Whether it be yeah, with Tennessee sure. or whatever, you know, whatever's down the road, you, you're starting to build a great resume. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And like I like I've said, and I've said it a million times, and I'll keep saying it. Like being here, like it's not about me. It's not by any stretch of the imagination. It's about the power team. It's about the people that got this place to where it is the people that I work with, like we work as a team, we work as a one unit. Like people I work with, elite people, great people. Couldn't speak more highly of them. Like that's what it's about. Like great people working with great people to achieve, you know, championship goals. Like that's what it's about. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Forrest, um, I know in the past, you uh, before you were kind of working with um, the football team, 
Were you like a lumberjack or something? <laughs> I always saw you post pictures of you in a forest. Yeah, man. So, like, my life's been, the past five years of my life have just been wild for me. Like, <laughs> when, I left, when I left LCS, I never thought in a million years I'd be doing this or doing what I did. So I was, I worked as a wildland firefighter out west. I worked in Montana and I worked in Idaho. Great people I worked, I worked with great people. And, you know, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot about myself in the second go around of it. First time, it was awesome. Great. Second time was great too. I just learned a lot about myself, you know, and that, that job was really, really cool. Talk about really cool experiences, man. Like there's, there's value in every experience, right? You know? whether it be like me, you're freaking running around on Saturdays in these awesome stadiums, mm-hmm. you know, freaking amazing brands, whatever. That's awesome. I love it. But man, out there walking, tromping around the woods, you know, working these forest fires with guys that you become close with, not by choice, but because you have to, like, you got to learn to trust this dude because you're doing dangerous work. Like, right. it's, that was, that job, awesome. Great experience. Yeah, dude, and I feel like that's an inspiration to anybody out there that's listening. Like, do you want to change it up, man, and you want to follow your dreams like our buddy Forrest here? He got out of the forest. He's in a stadium every weekend. Dude, do it. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Like, What's crazy about it is, is, like, originally, like, that was my dream. Like, I was like, you know, I want to do this for forever. And then I like, got this opportunity. I was like, well, shit, like, I can't give this one away yeah i'm gonna run with this one like the one thing i i've told people is like the best way in my mind to set yourself up not for failure this to set yourself up to not be disappointed and that's the way i've always done it like you have a realistic goal you have a like yeah like that's possible that would be awesome and then you have your dream that way you always have a goal like for sure, like high percentage chance of it happening. The next one, like, ah, you know, 50, 60, that'd be awesome. 10%. That way, like, all of your goals are achievable and you're happy either way. You know what I mean? Right. You're just climbing the ladder at that point. Yeah, exactly. There's no, like, ah, oh, shit, like, I got to do this now. No, like, this was what I want to do in the first place, but maybe the dream will come down the line. Yeah, exactly. And for instance, like there's a lot of people out there that don't know what they want to do with their life. Go out and try something new. Like there's plenty yeah. of opportunities out there. Like if you get an opportunity to go do something, jump, go for it. Like what, what's yeah, stopping you? you like, you might absolutely love it and be like, I want to go do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And like one of the things too, like I think everyone kind of feels like, oh, I, I got to go to college. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. It's. I mean, this is coming oh. from three guys that have college degrees. Yeah, 100%. yeah, exactly. And like, dude, go go to trade school. Go to trade. Like, there's a shortage of trade workers, man. Like, we need electricians. We need plumbers. We need all these guys. Like, nah, man, it ain't glamorous, but shit, still kind of a cool job. Like, you yeah. do, like working on power lines after a hurricane. Like, dude, you're the hero. Like, everybody loves you. Like, and you're making bank. Yeah, <laughs> go get. Yeah, certified. you're making bank, dude. Dude, go get your certifications. Like, dude, there's all kinds of routes. And those are and those are real life skills now. Like, ah, you know, some some electrical is messing up in my house. Well, I'm gonna call anybody. I just do it myself. Exactly. Yeah. That's very true. I know. I know more people that are making better money that didn't go the college route now than the people that 
got the degree and then that w- went to go use their degree in their field. And Absolutely, man. it's just, like, we have an influx. Sorry. Uh, we just have, we have an no, influx of so many people right now getting a degree and it's almost like it's not worth anything. We need people to be able to go do those trades yeah. to be able to go fill it out. Like you were saying. Yeah. And to that point, like the college degree is awesome. Like, you know, there's still like only 33%, 33% of people in the United States have their college degree. I don't, I have the reference source, whatever, for that, but I heard it somewhere a long time ago. Probably changed a bit. But, like, the only thing a college degree provides, in, in my mind, like, yeah, it's important, awesome to get. Like, it's an awesome achievement. Nobody can take away that piece of paper. It's awesome. Highly encouraged. If you can do it, do it, just to do it. But, like, only thing it provides is upward mobility in certain job fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's still, there's still job fields out there, like, again, electricians, where hard work and experience will get you – way farther than a college degree ever would. 100%. And one thing so, that I would help, like, encourage people if they are thinking about college, I would say go because yeah, it's absolutely. it's not going to hurt you. Like, obviously, it costs money, but I know the biggest thing I took from college is I went into college so passionate about baseball. And, I, you know, I Brian and I played college baseball, so on fire for baseball and, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do for, with my life. And then as I graduated and got older or whatever grew throughout the years, I moved more into my passion for agriculture, which was my major and absolutely on fire for agriculture. And then by the time I was graduating, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm done with baseball. It's no big deal. And it's kind of cool how over those four years you develop into an adult and it kind of gives you that buffer period than rather yeah. just going straight into yeah, the workforce. For sure. No, no, that's that's totally true. Man, sorry for dumping on agriculture earlier i didn't mean to <laughs> you're good you're good it's not for everybody <laughs> I'm all for agriculture, but i also understand uh, brian's point there about how it can be boring too i mean if that's not your thing it's not your thing but yeah yeah i mean i totally agree with you like college is like great experience you have nothing to lose if you do it the right way yeah agree you can also have a lot of bad habits but i mean that's that's life though like right you can go through health and meet I mean, a lot of life is just who you hang out with, man. You surround yourself with good people, good things will probably happen. Very true. Bad, people, bad things will probably happen. Yeah. Very true. Well, I feel like this is a great time. We're kind of getting to know the true force, so I yes. feel like this is a great time to move into the snap questions. Snap questions. <laughs> All right. Forrest, we ask everybody this question on the episode. We, uh, you know, it's kind of a marquee. Mm-hmm. If you could pick anybody any time period throughout history to have dinner with three people who are they oh man say one is definitely bill walsh was the head coach of the 49ers legendary coach like wrote a book that i started reading i need to keep ready to get back to reading it it's uh oh gosh it's coming back it sounds bad because i was speaking so highly i can't remember the title of the damn book but uh <laughs> there's a book written by him and talks about how to Build a winning or- winning organization or finding the winning edge by Bill Walsh. That's the book. Awesome book. You know, would love to talk with him. He, you know, he really he's one of those people that I would say I build my what I what I want to become. If I could become Bill Walsh, obviously I want to become my own person. But if I could become like Bill Walsh and be in that you know same category with him, I'm probably doing all right. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, so, you said how many people? Three. Three. Yep. 
There's one. Two, uh, God. Probably, probably Dwight Eisenhower, man. Like, huh. you, the, the weight of the world rests on your shoulders. Like, that was a pivotal time in world history. You know, that's a guy that led, was a leader of men. Like, he managed to lead an army through D-Day, through, like, through France, through Germany. Like, that guy gets, knows how to lead men and knows how to work with people. Like, talk about different backgrounds, man. Like, you're working with, you know, the British, the uh, the Russians, like, who, you know, later on turned into be a big, you know, issue. <laughs> I mean, like, the, Cold, the Cold War and all that. But, like, still, like, that guy, that guy got it. And I would love to sit down with him and just pick his brain. How do you lead people? Like, I play football, or I play football, I coach football. And, like, obviously football and war are very different things. But if you can lead somebody to possibly lose their life, you could lead somebody to play football. That's somebody. Yeah. Like, oh, like, that's that's pretty cool yeah, response. That is, we have not had anything like that not yet. Not even close. But I, I love that answer. That's, that's why I love this question, yeah. because you get so many different answers, and it reads into everybody's background and gets to know you as a person. All right, what's number yeah. three? Number three, number three. Oh man, I'm doing these off the rip here. Oh gosh, man. To kind of put in perspective for us, like to kind of give you, have, let you have a little time to think. Um, mine was Robin Williams was my uh, first one. Um, That's a good one. R- Matthew McConaughey uh, was my second one, and then Elon Musk was my third. And so it kind of be uh, deep theological because Robin Williams had a lot of theological ideas. He was a stand-up comedian, obviously hilarious and one hell of an actor. Um, Matthew McConaughey is very similar in kind of the, his ideals and the way he thinks. Um, he's very much of uh, like energy base, like putting off good yeah. vibes kind of. And it's like it's very kind of relatable, very cool to kind of just be like, Hey, just think positively and everything positive. And it's kind of weird how things end up like that. Um, and you got Elon, one of the alien. richest men in the world, the alien alien. <laughs> Man, you know, one of the guys, you know, you said one person, but Neil Armstrong. Oh yeah. Okay. Like this is something I've been thinking of recently. You said Matthew McConaughey and that's a trip list. Interstellar, great movie, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Um, man, like, have you ever tried to wrap your mind around being sent to the moon? Yeah. Dude, like, think I... Think about Just for one second. Just, like, think about it. He's... Like, oh, man, he's about to open up a can of worms. Don't get into it, Brian. <laughs> Brian's big into computer like, oh, like, seriously, man. Like, I somebody tells space. you, hey, hey, dude, Interstellar got me into it, right? Um... Just think about it. Like someone's like, "Hey, we're sending you to the moon. You're gonna be up there, really, really far away. You're gonna walk there. You're gonna get back on this little ship deal and fly back." That's insane. And we don't even know if it works. Dude, <laughs> your phone, your phone has more computing power than that thing did. That thing took two people to the moon. That's insane. Think about that. Yeah, that's very like, true. That yeah. is very true. To have a conversation with that guy, like. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah. yeah. Why? Why did you do that? Yeah, and you got to think, was it like just straight luck? Yeah. Or was it like, you know. Dude, you got to think about all the things that have to go right for that to happen the way it did. Yeah. Very true. 
I don't know. If I thought I thought Brian was about to get in the conspiracy oh, theory no, no, of them I just not love, landing. <laughs> I just love space. I just love what could be out there because it's ever going, man. You never know what could be out there. Hey, man, we're going to be sending people to Mars here within the next 20 years. I think yeah. Elon's already there himself. I think he just flies back yeah. and forth. Probably, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that three. That was a perfect three. Yeah, it was good. Um, Forrest, if uh, if you could go to any other sporting event, you know, besides a, a football event, um, what, are you, what are you going to go to? Are you going to catch a baseball game, MMA fight? Oh, bro, that's a hard one. I got three that I, you know, Again, I'm going to go to the top three things. I, I, I really struggle to pick just one thing. Um, man, you got the World Series, like American history. Like that's, that's, that's about as American as it gets. I could go to a Game 7 of a World Series, bucket list stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Game 7 of the Stanley Cup, also bucket list Ooh, stuff. Oh, that'd be cool. Of the World Cup yes. going on right now. <laughs> Like, and I know, like, obviously, American soccer, they call football, whatever, dude. Like, you know, like, think about how crazy this is, too. Like, you get 32 countries. Well, really, I think 64, however many play in the group stage. I can't remember. Maybe it's 32. Mm-hmm. Um, to come play soccer in one place and not – and nothing go wrong. Like, I know it doesn't sound, seem like that crazy, but, like – No dude, turmoil. You had the, yeah. the U.S. and Iran playing soccer on the same field with the history those two countries have with each other. Right. Like that's insane. Like that's like that's really cool that we're able to do that and put our differences aside just to play a game. And citizens of both countries in the stadium together watching it. Yeah. With it's totally civil. Totally civil. Yep. That's crazy. I love that. I love that. It's a great perspective. You want to get the next one? Yeah, I do. Um I kind of glad he says the World Cup because it kind of leads into the next question. Forrest, if you could travel like anywhere in the world, where would you go? I'll tell you what, the old country guy in me just wants to go down to Mexico, maybe go fishing for a little bit. Maybe <laughs> never come back. Might come back. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So would you go like more of like Cancun or like, you know, native or? Cancun, bro, like I could, I, there's a million different places. I could go to Mexico, Fiji. I Probably I'd settle on Fiji because that's just a place like Beach nobody guy. really goes to. Cancun's in Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just saying, like, he, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the crazy thing. A mountain guy, I just miss saltwater fishing, bro. Yeah. I miss it so much. I bet. I, I feel bet. like, you know, I've always, me and my girlfriend have talked about it, like, moving to the mountains one day, because mm-hmm. she likes that area. And I love the beach. Like, don't get me wrong, but I love the mountains, too, and I would love to move up there. But I feel like I'd get, like, forest here and be like, Big time. man, I need to get back to the saltwater now. <laughs> yeah, because forest was raised in Florida. So, I mean, he, yeah, big saltwater Anna Maria, guy. Anna Maria. Freaking all those places. It, I mean, but when I was there, I was like, well, I want to live in the mountains. It's, you know, yeah. human condition. You want what you don't have. Exactly. Very true. Exactly. Um, you got to move to Hawaii. You'll get the mountains and the, the salt And the water. beach, yeah. yeah. Because they've got a volcano erupting right there. I don't, I don't know if I want that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. just, yeah. you can hop to a different island or, for a Try little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just go sit down on a boat, watch the up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so this brings it to our uh, our last question. Um, Forrest, nowadays a hundred thousand dollars. It's you know it's it's a blessing if somebody gives it to you, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily life changing within itself. Um, so if somebody gave you a hundred thousand dollars right now, what would you do with it? Man, I'm investing that thing. Oh yeah, I'm investing the thing. I'm 
whether that be in business ventures, whether like open a dang Chick-fil-A, man, Chick-fil-A is making some money now. Especially on SEC game days. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Or stocks, man. Like, it takes money to make money, baby. So, very true. Hey, hey, scared money don't make money, right? Ain't that right, Forrest? That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, you're investing in it. Um, Would you do more of what if you had to pick between stock or would you pick real estate? Which would you do? That's a good one. Man, I'll tell you what. I've always been a stock guy, but because I've never had the money to invest in real estate, probably real estate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially. Because I can see it right in front of me. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's not, obviously. And it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's, they're not making any more of it. So yeah. that's what, uh, yeah, exactly. big thing in Florida, they say Florida's for sale. And so, you know, then all oh, the natural Florida land is getting bought up and it's just being yeah. built on top of. Um, and that's that stuff, dude. Like, I, yeah. I, the last time I came down to Lakeland, like, when I left, I was like, dang, like, Lakeland's outgrown its infrastructure. I came back, dude. Oh, you know that real. light? It's part of Lakeland Christian by the Sunoco. Mm. Bro, I said that light for probably 10 minutes. Yeah. I was like, what in the hell is going on, dude? Like, when I was here, you got to that light. You were sat there for maybe five minutes. I was like, this is insane. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I, and I live I live 45 minutes from where Force is talking. I don't generally go to that area as much anymore um, just because I don't like the busier cities. But within the four years of me being gone from college, it has grown exponentially. Like, I, could, I used to be able to go from my house to our high school in about relatively 15, 20 minutes. If I were to do it now in the morning, it's taking every bit of 45 to an hour. I think that's all over the state, though. It's I unreal. Think, it's, uh, that's what I've heard, man. It, it's sad, too, man. Like, it's, I mean, it's happening Lake everywhere. Lake Wales did it again. Yeah. Huh? But all we can do is hold out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, guess got to maybe take a trip to uh, Tennessee, get away from it all. <laughs> Good old Rocky Top. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, Forrest. Hey, you guys are baseball guys. Come up and catch a baseball game. I would absolutely love that. I exactly. would love that. I'm, yeah, that would be a blast. I know uh, Brian's much more of a college baseball fan than I am, but I would love to go to uh, either Mississippi State or Knoxville or, you know, any of them. Oh, man, Stark Vegas. Nothing like it, apparently. Have, yeah. you, have you been to a Tennessee? I'm sure you've been to a Tennessee baseball game, right? Oh, yeah, dude. So my freshman year, like, was like, I think that was the first year of Coach Vitello, his first year here, you know, and we when we got some some of the guys who played here, like, we're not like Old Miss or like, you know, Vandy, those guys have had, you know, those guys don't want them to play in the league. Did Chris Sale play at Vandy or am I, or am I messed up? Florida Gulf Coast. Chris Sale, Florida Gulf Coast. Chris, yeah, Florida Gulf Coast. You played at Florida Gulf Coast. Okay. You're thinking of David Price. David Price played at Vandy. Okay, yeah, there you go. Like, you know, we had like Todd Helton. Like that's, you know, yeah. Todd Helton. Uh, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But, man, just in four years what Coach Vitello has done with our baseball team is very impressive. It's awesome. It's great for the university. It's great for Knoxville. You know, they're getting a brand new stadium. Yeah. I, I heard that. Awesome. Good for yeah, them. I might have to check that out when they uh, finish building it, man. Oh, well, dude, they, we talked about checking the stadium. They checkered the dang baseball stadium. Against Arkansas. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, that that, that had been a cool sight. It's 
school was smaller. But yeah, no, it was, it was definitely cool though. It was definitely cool, though. That's awesome. Well, Forrest, uh, thank you for coming on, man. I think that's about yeah. wraps it up. Absolutely. Um, a cool thing that we do with every episode is we follow back um, our guests on Instagram. So if we if you've been on the podcast, uh, we follow them back. And so if y'all ever want to check out Forrest or get in touch with him, um, maybe if you have any follow-up questions to ask him, um, we'll be following him on Instagram. And so you can go through our following list and look for the uh, – Grad assistant at University of Tennessee. Yep. Um, Rule One Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rule One Podcast and all of our platforms. Rule One Podcast, no hashtag. Yeah, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, just about anything you can think of. Make sure you guys are liking and subscribing. It really helps us out, boosts us in the algorithms. Also, shout out to our fans. Um, The Spotify Wrapped came out. This past week, and Rule One Podcast was in the top 15 percentile of shared podcasts in the world. Not yeah. just, you know, around here in the world, bud. So that's y'all literally yes. sending it out to your friends, your family members, and helping us, you know, reach people. And so we want to thank y'all 110%. Um, we obviously wouldn't be able to do this without y'all. So. Absolutely. Well, partner, that's another great episode of the Rule One Podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you, Forrest, for coming on. We we had a great time, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to uh, maybe having a follow-up interview a couple years down the road. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. It was was awesome. Really enjoyed it. Me too, man. I hope so. Go Vols. Go Vols. (laughs) That'll wrap it up for this week. We'll see you all next week.